And uh, the whole three of us were thinking, isn't that great? You know, and we really didn't care what each other's names were and we didn't want to know. You know, we didn't do anything stupid like say, let's all catch up again. You know, we knew, we knew the, the uh, little click, click was uh, a ships in the night sort of arrangement and we all just took off and and that's it you know um so it was one of those things we knew you know i just walked in off the street and so did bjorn you know um so sometimes uh, the best little moments are like that and you could almost you know it's a bit trite to say let's all you know let's all um give me your phone number and you know let's all become social media friends or something no I didn't want to know any of. I didn't want to ever see them again, yeah. And I won't. Um, yeah, that's not necessary. This is one of those moments in time. You know, you don't turn it into something. You don't force it to be something extra. Yeah, that's the way these uh, little sessions go sometimes. Um, anyway, uh, and 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 Marvin said, and then in this he hinted at Australian culture, and he said Melbourne's great. That Marvin had said that too. He said, where else, you know, could you get somewhere as good as this? You know, just three blokes sitting around a bar like this, you know. And he's, he was right. And what he was saying is, where else would you find anywhere as good as Melbourne is tonight? Yeah. Now, obviously, Marvin could find something wrong with Australia. You know, and so could I. And so could Bjorn. Uh, I could find something wrong with the West Indies and I could find something wrong with... Norway too, you know. Um, but right at that moment, you know, Marvin was saying, and I think this is pretty true of his whole attitude towards Melbourne because he's very integrated, you know. In fact, he's going far better in business than I am. Uh, this Norwegian guy seemed to be pretty successful. Uh, he was a salmon breeder or fisher or something, and he goes around the world. He said he had spent 20 years in China, for example, you know. Um, but, um, but Marvin, look, both these blokes were much more successful than me. That doesn't matter. Uh, the point is Marvin was a winner and, uh, Bjorn was a winner, though he was drunk. Um, and, uh, and Marvin said, this is a great place. Now, obviously He's an immigrant, and Bjorn is not. Bjorn was just visiting clearly on business. Um, but Marvin, he, he is clearly here to stay in Australia. And he's saying, I have come to a great place. And he said it was great. Now, in that, he reminded me of my wife's uncle. Who, when who's who's Greek, and when he came to Australia, he he said, you know, there were some Greeks saying, "Oh, this this country's crap. This country's got no culture, whatever." And uh, you have to know what he's like. But he said, "What the hell are you talking about? You know, this country's wonderful. Look where we just came from. This country's fantastic. Look at it all. It's it's, it's got sewerage. The roads are straight. There's law and order. It's a uh, there's opportunity here and all that sort of stuff. You know." Um, and it was, he'd walked, you know, they'd walked into a paradise. Now, as far as he was concerned, you know what I mean? It's how you look at it. Now, I find that really interesting um, because the only thing that can, you know, 
make beautiful little towns all over Australia and um, straight roads and law and order and, you know, everyone having a pleasant enough life and all that sort of thing. The only thing that can build all those things and create all those things is culture. Now, I know all those things are a travesty if you're an Indigenous person, but there's only perspectives, isn't there? And I'm talking about from Marvin's perspective, from West Indies, and from George's perspective, from Greece. Okay, these are two, yeah, look, you can find someone to hate the joint and our culture, and you can find people who like it, you know, but it's not universally true that it's one or the other. And a lot of people like to say that it is universally true that, for example, Australia's got no culture or it's got a crap culture or whatever, you know. Well, you know, I've just got a couple of examples there that are at least prove that it's not universally true because in that case you only need two examples and I've got two examples, one from the West Indies and one from Greece. And I looked around at all the people in there and I thought, these people are happy. Um, they're all chatting about whatever they're chatting about. You know, clearly, you know, there were, well, it was a social set in there. And, uh, and I, I, I looked around and I said, this is nice. And up on the wall, uh, there were honour boards for all the winners in the major competitions that we have in Melbourne. A very Melbourne feel, the Melbourne Hotel. Uh, the, and um, there was an honour board for, you know, all the Melbourne Cup winners. Maccabee Diva, you know, three in a row. I saw there at one stage, and I, I was having a look at it because I was interested in that. Um, and um, and then all the Brownlow winners, um, oh, all the Caulfield Cup winners too. Uh, Maccabee Diva didn't win any of those. I hadn't realised that until I looked at the honour board. And the WS Cox played winners, and Maccabee Diva won one of those too. I think it was, I think on, was it nineteen ninety five? Yeah, I'm not a horse follower. I'm not into horses. Um, I've tended to watch the Melbourne Cup once a year, and we used to we used to have a you know we used to go and put two dollars. The whole family used to go and put two dollars on a horse, one horse or another. Yeah, you know, but we don't do that anymore. You know, there's a lot of disquiet about horse racing at the moment because um, oh look, we're starting to twig after about 150 thousand years. After about 150 years, that there's you know, there's there's some cruelty involved and it's probably to do with you know horse riding um really runs on betting you know so that's the real motivation it's betting first sport a distant second you know to use uh horse racing parlance um um sport is still running in the evening when the race started at 3 p.m. You know, but betting won the Melbourne Cup. Do you know what I mean by all that? Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, with something like footy, you know, and by that I mean AFL. Look, you can go to Sydney and get this episode that I'm saying now and it'll all be about rugby league, but in Melbourne it's Australian rules football. And, uh, and um, with footy, uh, and cricket historically it's sport first and betting a, a very distant second you know and you know horse racing tries to align itself with footy and cricket 
uh, and and that came up in this year's Melbourne Cup, which I, I watched, and uh, they they had images flashing by just before the race the race was run, you know the race that stops the nation, um, and there was flashes of Test cricket playing, you know, and then t- there was flash. I knew what they were doing. Uh, it was a marketing. The marketing people were all over this, and then there was flashes of AFL uh, or VFL, you know, from the old days. So I, I think there was a, a flash of the nineteen forty eight, you know, uh, Test series. You know, I think it was that one, Don Bramman and all that sort of the Invincibles. Um, and then there was some flashes of you know some kids on a tram back in who knows when a hundred years ago off to the footy, the VFL. Uh, like I described before, you know, maybe it was maybe it was another me back then, you know, in his little black and red jumper, black jumper with a red stripe, a kid way back then doing something no different to what I do in the modern age, except I'm a little bit grown up now, but I'm still doing it like a kid, and it's fantastic, and this is all about Australian culture, yeah, and Australian culture is also a, a bit about um the way our mind works and the way we uh, very much don't feel, for example, British, as much as we do feel very much British, which we do, we just do, in, in about 65 different ways, which I won't get into, but we just do. In fact, everyone wants to be British in a lot of ways, even people who think they hate England, they're desperate to be England, even immigrants, you know. Uh, for example, I'll take Hong Kong at the moment, you know. What is, what is Hong Kong writing about now? If I was to put that in a nutshell, you know, and you might come from some other country and say, oh, everything bad in the world is due to England, you know. Um, But Hong Kong right now, if I was to put in a nutshell what Hong Kong is writing about, is that, you know, they were a British, you know, um, what what would you call it, protectorate? Um, But, you know, it was leased. Hong Kong was leased from China by the British uh, for 100 years or 99 years or something like that. And got to know what it's like to be British. And these are Chinese people. They got to know what it was like to be British. And then after the 99 years were up, uh, China took back Hong Kong. And there is a massive riot at the moment in China, uh, in Hong Kong, that's been going for weeks and months, actually. And it's devastating, you know. Um, right now, there are university students in whatever Hong, uh, university it is in Hong Kong, um, and they are surrounded. You know, this is Les Mis stuff, you know, and they're singing Les Mis too. You know, the people in Hong Kong. Um, what are they singing about? Well, I say they're singing about, we want to be British again. You know, like, yeah, I can, I go, sometimes I hear, you know, one mob from some other continent saying everything about, you know, British influence on us is what's ruined us, you know. And maybe that's true, but the Hong Kong people are voting that they want to be British again. They don't want this China business, you know. They want, um, look, you can go into obviously deeper analysis about um, the politics of Hong Kong and, you know, two systems, one nation and all this sort of business that China's trying to run. Look, I think um, I know what President Xi really wants to do right now, but he just doesn't know how to do it with so many cameras around. So many, it's very hard to do a Tiananmen Square now. You know? um, the British are the worst in the world, except for every other culture. But, you know, this brings me to Australia, which is British. Or, you know, 
and I'm talking about the the uh, Australia as defined in the Constitution, not Indigenous Australia. Look, I talked about Indigenous Australia already in this podcast for episode after episode after episode. So just because I'm not talking about it right now doesn't mean I'm ignoring it. You know, I've already talked about it. I'm talking about something else. I'm talking about the Australia that... Um, as defined in the concept, you know, the nation state Australia, which pretty much ignored Indigenous Australia, and it's got some very bad points. Uh, but in the mould, you know, and, and they're well documented in society, but it's got some really good points too. Uh, and uh, and uh, just because it's got bad points doesn't mean that it has a, Well, the Malvern Hotel was very nice, and that's it. I have to pause because that's it. Okay, I'm back. Uh, next point. People don't care. We, it, most people, I think, don't care if uh, someone comes to another country and starts criticising that country's culture. I think this might be true the world over. You know, like if I went to pick a place out of a hat... Vietnam, and uh, and I'm an Aussie, go to Vietnam, and I looked around and I'm at someone's place, and I said, you know what, your culture's pretty crap, you know. Uh, I think most people in the room would just write me off as an idiot, and I think that would be fair enough. Same goes for, you know, anyone coming to Australia, and I'm talking about, you know, European Australia now. And the same goes for Indigenous Australia too, though. Um, um, well, all right. So I go out to... I, I go into an Indigenous community. I hang with some Indigenous people. And I look around and I say, you know what? Indigenous culture is pretty crap. Uh, I think most... Most... Uh, people in that mob that I've visited and so desperately offended, but, you know, bad luck because I'm being honest, uh, would look at each other and say, there's an idiot. <laughs> he doesn't understand our culture, you know. Same goes, I suppose, for uh, someone coming to a barbecue uh, from another culture. Let's just, I'll pick another one at random, and it really is random. It's the first one that comes to my head. Uh, someone comes to um, an Aussie barbecue from Turkey, yeah, and looks around and says, "You know what? You got no culture." Yeah. Turkish guy said that to me once. Uh, I never forgot him. <laughs> but you know, I'm I'm one of those ones who takes notice and cares. Uh, but I'm not representative of all Australians. You know, I think most Australians would look at that Turkish guy and say, "You're an idiot. You don't understand." You know. Uh, you've never been in the Malvern pub and, uh, and, and got into the atmosphere there on a rainy day um, with cricket on and just that sense of community spirit and camaraderie in that room. And the Turkish guy would say, well, maybe I wouldn't feel so welcome there, you know. Cricket, I don't care about cricket, you know. I'm not very involved in cricket historically, you know. I'm not from the West Indies. Yeah. I'm not from Pakistan. Um, 
I'm not, I, I don't care about cricket. I'm not engaged in the cricket culture in Australia. You know, I'm not from India. You know, I don't love cricket. You know, if I was from one of those places, I'd f- completely fit in, I'm sure. You know, I could, and that's the thing, you know, if there was an Indian guy there in the Malvern pub, he would have probably sat down next to me and watched the cricket with me and known more about the Aussie players than I do. You know, instant, you know, assimilation, whatever, you know, instant something in common. Okay, cricket is a huge part of Indian culture. Uh, so that's that, you know, but a Turkish guy walks into the Malvern pub, doesn't really feel that he belongs, you know. Should we change the Malvern Hotel so that he feels more welcome, this Turkish guy that I'm thinking about? Look, there'd be another Turkish guy who would fit in and probably sit next to me and say, tell me all about this game. Yeah, but I'm talking about this other Turkish guy that I met at, uh, at a wedding once who was a bit of a pig, to tell the truth. Well, you know, you're going to get 20% of people who are pigs. That's the way it goes. Um, doesn't mean the whole culture's pigs. You know? um, it's like finding... A mob of Australian racists and calling all Australians racists, you know, because you've got you've got a little mob there that you can put on Facebook as an example of Australians, you know, draping themselves in the Australian flag and being racists, you know, and then you know, this is like finding some Turkish pigs and calling all Turkish people pigs. You wouldn't do that in either case, I'm sure. Uh, so, yeah, Cronulla riots doesn't necessarily mean all Australians are into rioting against whoever they were rioting against, which I remember was the Muslims in that area. You get it. You get that. Racism is not going to end with you. Racism is not going to end with anyone. There's always going to be a bit. I mean, it's nice, you know, to say racism ends with me and all that sort of stuff, you know. And and then, you know, look, sometimes look up uh, at the footy, um, I saw a video once, uh, not too long ago, um, and now who was it? A bloke um, whacked a woman in the in the stands. Uh, now it was an off-duty policewoman, as it turns out, and um, she told him to be quiet or something. He punched her. Yeah, there was a lot of commentary at the time. In two thousand and nineteen, have we got nowhere? You know. And I thought to myself, well, of course we've got no, we've got somewhere. You're always going to get that guy, you know, even if you had the, a utopia in which you'd pretty much stamped out uh, male violence and all that sort of stuff, you're still going to get one, you know. Now, we've got a lot more than one, of course. We've still got a real big problem with male violence and all that sort of stuff. But the point is, um, just because you can find an image to put up on Facebook of uh, someone in the, at the footy punching a woman, you know, uh, that doesn't mean that it's 2019 and we've got nowhere. You know, 30 years we've been working on this and we've got nowhere. That's not true. You know, probably worse back then. I don't know. Um, it's still a problem. I'm saying it's not a problem. Blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm getting at. Anyway, you'd have to do some analysis. But all I know is people generalise a lot on both sides of the fence. You know, and, uh, and, you know, people who accuse other people of generalising, you know, uh, like you find one Muslim or something um, yelling Allah Akbar and uh, Allahu Akbar or however they say it and uh, and running down the street, you know, with a 
bomb vest on and um, you know, and dying in a hail of bullets and, you know, um, people say, just because there's one doesn't mean there's a lot. You know, that's the same as Aussies, you know, just because there's one racist doesn't mean there's a lot, you know. Look, there's a lot, you know. But not everybody, and not everybody on the other side of the fence either, not every Muslim's, you know, um, cheering inside because some... Um, some terrorist or something has just blown blown himself up on the London Bridge. You know, not every Muslim's cheering about that. Most are horrified, you know. And uh, same goes with Aussie racists, you know. Not everyone's cheering about that. Not, not every Aussie. Most are horrified. Do you know what? I think maybe there's an 80-20 rule or something. You know, 20% of people are pigs and 80% aren't in every culture. My brother has a little theory on that. You know, I forget what his percentages are. It really doesn't matter what the percentages are. You know, I think I remember something like 70-20-10, you know. Um, 70% of people are okay, you know, 10% are complete Zanes, 20% complete pigs. I don't know what it is, but, uh, you know, it's all along those sorts of lines. But the point is, yes, uh, the Malvern Hotel was very comfortable for me uh, because I was within my a community I understood that went back in, you know, my culture. Um, it was, you know, the, everything about the pub was, you know, Aussies uh, in the Anglo sense, you know, should we break that down? No, I felt comfortable to hell with you, you know. You know there, there were a whole lot, there's a whole lot of imagery all over the hotel um, that was very um, Anglo-Aussie specific, you know, on boards of Melbourne Cup, the whole, the whole feel of the place. Um, pretty much nearly, well, actually, I think everyone there was Anglo, you know, it's Malvern. Um, it's a bit of an enclave, you know, and... Uh, and I felt comfortable, you know, and I, you know, I could pretend not to feel comfortable, but I was, you know. And, you know, the cricket was on and, you know, we didn't have any Turkish music going on. Look, we could have had one TV playing the cricket, one TV playing whatever they like in Turkey, uh, another TV um, that was completely censored of the Hong Kong riots because that was a Chinese-friendly one. Get it? <laughs> um... Yeah, you look. You could have one TV that had rap. All right, here we go. One TV in yeah, because there were a couple of sort of rooms, semi semi joined rooms. You could have had one room that had rap on the TV, just in case a whole lot of people into American rap culture came in. Okay, and then you could have had one room, you know, that had the cricket on to cater for people like me. Then another room that had, what, what's something else, you know, American football, you know, for people who like that sort of stuff, you know. Now, that's an interesting thing. Things like American football, English soccer, you know, I um, consciously uh, reject. I, I refuse to know anything about them. Basketball, refuse to know anything about it, even though I was a basketballer when I was young. I refuse to know anything. Look, I know, what's his name, um... Uh, um Number, number, um, what is his name? I have actually forgotten his name, Jordan. Um, look, I really, it's a, it's a, it's a psychological thing, but I reject, I make sure I don't know anything about the English Premier League. You know, David Beckham is probably the only name that springs to mind. Air Jordan is the only one I can sort of think of by, and Dennis Rodman. Yeah, but that's probably more for politics because he was going to North Korea and I follow politics. Um, make, making friends with, you know, little fat baby over there. <laughs> See, that's rude, you know, but hey, you might do it with Trump. Now, um, 
and so on and so forth, you know. And and this is a bit about Australian culture too, uh, you know, where, yes, yes, I've got a sort of British kind of background and yet I refuse to um, let into my head any English, certain amount, certain um, items from English culture. I just refuse to have it. You know, English Premier League's one. And another one is this whole, you know, uh, class the, the the sort of class system. There's an automatic um, respect for authority that English people have that we won't have in Australia. Um, we are a lot more egalitarian, but um, the English people, um, it's just almost coded into them uh, to almost um, yeah to have a kind of a sort of respect for the upper classes that we don't have, you know, some sort of respect for that sort of authority in the class system, almost, no, it's not as strong as the caste system in India, but it's a class system and they're quite, they're a bit more comfortable with that, you know, in a way that Australians aren't, you know, in the war, you know, uh, Gallipoli, you know, but everywhere else. We did fight other places besides Gallipoli, but, um, you know, Aussies in the Boer War or whatever, Aussies, you know, were placed under English commanders, officers, and were sort of likely to be court-martialed because they they just didn't have that automatic respect for authority that English people have, and we're pretty steadfast on that. You know, so there are elements of Australian culture around that. You know, um, the English would, yeah, the English would think we're an irreverent lot or whatever. Look, they're irreverent. Of course they've got British comedy, you know, but there's different types, you know. Australian culture is very specific. You know? Now, obviously, it's diversifying now, Australian culture. Uh, I'm going along with that, right? Um, there's no doubt about it. Uh, in fact, my accent, my very accent has changed over the last 30 years. Um, I guarantee I could, if, I've got, if I could find a recording of me speaking 30 years ago, I would sound more uh, ochre. Yeah, I know that, and not just me, but everyone I know, our accent has changed. And how do I know this? Because we listen now to TV shows and so on from 30 years ago. You know, even Neighbours, which isn't even that long ago. But, you know, back in the Paul Hogan days, back all the people who used to speak on TV, you know, back of the Don Lane show, the Burt Newton show, Hey, Hey, It's Saturday, the, um, what's the word they use for Australian uh Diction, um, diphthong, you know, um, strine, you know, or g'day, mate, how you going? Yeah, look, um, you know, the way the Leyland brothers used to speak, I could still speak like that, but it doesn't come naturally anymore. I'm evolving, my culture's evolving, but that doesn't matter, that just, that's one of the geniuses of Western cultures, that they do evolve quite quickly. Part of your culture is that your culture changes, you know. Some cultures, you know, they... Uh, they say, we've had the same culture for a thousand years, you know. And I said, well, and that, that's part of our culture, that we hold on to that culture century after century after century. And they say, whereas, you know, you're in a Western culture and you're changing every 50 years, every generation it seems to change. And I said, that's our culture. The very changeability of our culture is our culture. It's still culture. It's a different culture. A different type of culture, you're just not recognising for what it is. In fact, that's the genius of our culture, that we move, yeah? that we alter. 
Um, that was that was the genius of Roman culture in the ancient times, that they shifted um, and took on the best of whatever they could see around them. You know, the Romans took the best of what they could find from the east, you know, especially Greece, and they took the best of what they could find from, you know, and Egypt as well, which is sort of in the east, down to the south. The best, of, you know, if they found a good idea down in Africa, they'd take it. And that would become part of Roman culture. And they'd say, oh, yeah, but it wasn't really Roman culture. It was really African culture and they stole it. Bad luck that it is part of, it was part of Roman culture to steal good ideas from other places and make it part of their culture. We're the same here in Western culture. You know, we've got hippies. I've got hippies next door. <laughs> they're very good friends. But the point is they're very... Um, engaged in what I'd call Indian culture, Indian ways of thinking and Southeast Asian ways of thinking. Now, are they less Aussie because of that? Um, have, have they got, you know, did they not have their own cultures that, so they had to go and get someone else's? You know, and now they're all over there, you know, chanting Om Shiva? No, I don't look at it that way. I look at it like this. They're Westerners and they know how to, how to fish around and get the best from anywhere. And it's their very f- flexibility, you know, their changeability. That is their culture. Our culture is our very changeability. Um, it's not, you know, yes, it's stealing. So what? If you don't steal, you're an idiot. You're an absolute idiot if you don't steal. If you're from, um, I don't know, some African country or something, and you look at Western, say, technology, and you don't steal it, you're an idiot. Get into it, you know. Get yourself an iPhone. You know, get yourself a Samsung, you know. Now, I know Samsungs are Chinese, but the Chinese, hey, they're the best um, example. They're not What is Samsung? It's Korean? I don't know where it comes from. It really doesn't matter for the purpose of my, what I'm saying. The Chinese are smart, you know. They fish around, you know. They, they took the very idea of Western science and, um, and even Western music, you know, um, I, I, as I understand it. There are more um, Chinese people who are, um, yeah, like Chinese children, China, all the way across China, um, they know Beethoven, Mozart, um, they are very good at it, uh, uh, accomplished. Um, yeah, I, I, would, I don't know any stats and I don't care about stats. I don't bother researching for these episodes. But I dare say the most uh, out of the top 1,000 virtuosos on the violin in the world, and the violin is a Western instrument, you know, all sorts of, uh, you know, even, look, I'll I'll finish that point. Of the top 1,000 virtuosos on the planet in terms of being able to, let's say, play a difficult, um, uh, you know, violin piece, you know, something like Tchaikovsky's violin concerto or something, you know, one of those, you know. Um, uh, Oh, well, what? Maybe the top 700 are in China? They can fish around. You know, they're not rejecting Western culture. They're actually really good at it. They they managed to strike a really interesting balance between sameness and changeability, you know. Um, So, you know, Chinese have absolutely stolen... Western culture in the form of science, technology and all that sort of stuff and made it their own. And good luck to them, you know. Um, 
I may regret saying that, you know, in 50 years when I'm cleaning their toilets, but, you know, they're not idiots. They're just doing what Rome did. You know? And Australia does that too, you know. My next-door neighbours, you know, I can hear them chanting Om Shiva. And good luck to them, you know. I, and that's, that's, a, um, that's the genius of Western culture. We have got a culture because we know how to do that. We don't just, you know, sit in some sort of, um, you know, north Pakistan, still singing the same folk songs we always sang for the last 500 years and refusing to sing anything else. In fact, you know, someone in the village handing down a law that you're not allowed to sing Western music. You know, that's sort of rubbish, you know. They're stagnant sort of cultures, you know, that are just doing the same bloody dance and wearing the same bloody dresses they always did for the last thousand years, you know. Um, our culture is, you know, Highway to Hell by ACDC, you know, which has got a whole lot of ockerism in it and all this sort of stuff and has drawn rock and roll from over there and has got its own little flavour of Australia in there and all the whole bit, you know. That's um, Australian culture. It takes a lot to... Now, there's a whole other... Uh, now, now, Australia... Um, we, um, we are becoming a lot more sophisticated. That's a good word to use. Uh, but then again, were we not sophisticated in other ways, you know? Like my daughter does opera. She's going to become an opera singer by the look of it. Um, and then I've got a niece who's a ballet dancer and all that sort of stuff, you know. Um, and England's very strong in the Western culture. You know, obviously France is and Italy is and Germany is and all that sort of stuff. And Russia is with the ballet. Um... And classical music and all that sort of stuff. But all that's our folk music. You know, classical music and all that sort of stuff. You know, it's very big in our history. And, um, and Western, you know, Western music has a huge... Um, our folk music is... Um, you know, and we're funny. We claim some things and we don't claim other things. Like British music, we embrace in Australia. You know, the Beatles, the Rolling Stones and all that sort of stuff, the British Invasion and all that sort of stuff, we absolutely embrace and we call that ours. Um, you know, that's part of our heritage. So with the, we're funny with the English. We are English, so we, we, we are a fully mature offshoot of English culture here in Australia, but we've picked and choose what we wanted to keep and what we wanted to throw out and, turn, and created our own culture. We're not a kind of child culture. I reject that, you know, a, a child culture of England's. Yeah, England isn't, in my mind, and I get to choose, you know, because you can't talk back. There's no comments attached to this thing. You can't even reach me, and I'm using fake names anyway, so, you know. Um, but um, when the first fleet came here and all the first Australians came here, um, you know, and I'm talking about not Indigenous. I've already talked about Indigenous people in another episode. Hey, you know... Australian culture is trying to, I think we're trying to end up with a blend of Indigenous and European Australia and all the others as well, you know, in the end. But, you know, just for now, I'm just talking about the bit that you'll find at the Malvern Hotel, which is sort of European Australia. In fact, British Australia. Maybe you think pubs like that should be outlawed. But no, no. You know, I've been to Ethiopian community centres and I've been to Turkish weddings and I've been to Greek weddings galore and all that sort of thing and they have their little enclaves, so I'm going to have mine. To hell with you, you know. If I, if I felt comfortable at the Malvern Hotel surrounded by what I would call British-slash-Aussie um, cultural atmosphere, you know, on a boards with the Melbourne Cup and footy, you know, and I'm, by footy I don't mean soccer, you know. I think soccer's crap. Uh, and I'm, you know, I'm often running now, 
roll with it. <laughs> um, no soccer. There's no mention of soccer in the Melbourne Hotel. Go in there yourself. You know, there's no, you're not going to find English Premier League stuff in there. You know, there's no, what is it, Manchester United and all that sort of stuff. You know, you're not going to get any of that. You're going to get um, stuff about cricket, stuff about footy, stuff, and people are going to be talking about, you know, um, stuff that, you know, people might have been talking about 80 years ago before even the Greeks and the Italians got here and all that sort of stuff. You know, Malvern is still a little bit like we used to be. Um, it's still Anglo, you know, and I liked it. Um, all right. Uh, but at the same time, you can wander over to Carlton and get another experience where we've got sophisticated in a different way. It's hard for me to say that we weren't sophisticated before. Look, in some ways we weren't, in some ways we were. Um, uh, the, the first, see, this is where we're not a, a new nation. On day one, we had fully, you know, a new nation would be trying to work out laws and everything on day one, and almost as if, you know, um, it's almost like children landing on an island, like that um, book I read once um, with Piggy, whose glasses smash, or the Lord of the Flies, you know. Um, we're not like that. Um, the, the, in, the first fleet was full of people who were already a culture, thousands of years old, fully-fledged laws, the whole bit. You know, so we started off as a mature nation, you know, even though it wasn't technically a nation with a constitution and everything, even the colony, the penal colony, was fully-fledged with all sorts of cultural um, uh, habits and, um, and etiquette and even, you know, even amongst the convicts. There's all sorts of rules going on and that was a fully-fledged, highly cultured mob that came here in its own way. Um, and the governors, you know, the people were playing piano and everything from day one. You know, we had all British law, you know. Um, we had a 1,000 years of British law uh, in Australia on the very first day we landed here. It was a mature culture the day we landed here, you know. And we made it more mature in a way that split off slightly from England but kept a lot and all that sort of stuff, you know. I don't see us as a child um, culture. I mentioned the Shiraz vine a while back. We've got the oldest Shiraz vine. I, I see Australia as being like that with respect to England. Um, our, there's a Shiraz vine in Nagambi here in Victoria near where my brother lives and it's the oldest Shiraz vine in the world and that's because someone took a cutting I forgot to finish off that thought someone took a cutting of, of a Shiraz, the oldest Shiraz vine over in Europe wherever it was and I think it was in France um, and, um, and brought the cutting over here and planted it, you know um, and but the original died so now that cutting is the oldest in the world, because the original oldest vine died and we had a cutting of the oldest. The cutting we've got is, um, when it got here, it didn't start, you know, it didn't start being, you know, it wasn't youthful the day it got here. It was old already. It was an old vine. It was part of an old vine already. And that's the same with we people who came to Australia we were, we were an old culture the minute we got here. In fact, we were something like 85,000 years old. In fact, we were something like a million years old, just like Indigenous people were. You know, we, were just a, we were a culture just as old as the Indigenous culture the day we got here. You know? We were just an invading culture, that's all. Still old. We weren't young. 
you know, so on and so forth. You know what I'm getting at. Anyway, so that was um, that's sort of the you know, this just a ramble. I just enjoyed that. I was just a... now. I also went to um, now I went to the Melbourne Hotel and had my little Anglo experience, and I don't want to lose that. Yeah. I don't want to be multicultural everywhere. Yeah, I want I want a little place. I want places here where we only talk about football and cricket, and I mean Aussie rules football and cricket here in the southern states, and we don't have to put up with the English Premier League just, you know, so that everyone feels included, you know, and we don't have to put up with rap music, you know, from America, you know, even though everyone seems to be, you know. I want a place where I'm not going, where I'm not likely to hear rap music, and that place, you know, is, for example, in the Malvern Hotel. I've never been in the Melbourne Hotel before. I'm using that as an example, but it's a bit like that in the Lincolnshire Hotel here in Essendon. It's going to just be have a bit of a Aussie feel, and I hope it stays that way. And I don't want it to be, you know, have a rap night and a um, Turkish night and a you know a rainbow night and um, and a um, feminist night. I don't know. I don't want any of that. I want these little cul-de-sacs where I can still have my little Aussie experience, yeah, um, and I don't care, yeah. Now, I went to, um, I went to, now, I went to Carlton the other night and I, I had to, I had time to myself and I had no phone, which is great, and I had no internet and I had no laptop, I had no anything, so I just went for a walk. And um, that's a, this is a whole other experience I was having, and I was having a great multicultural experience down there. And for that, I've just gone into my text messages because I, I just I text my goddaughter things, and I text and I texted Denise actually who lives down there, saying because I almost went and had a uh, I almost went and dropped in for a cup of tea at her place, but she wasn't available, so I went for a walk and just found I walked into a place at random and just started chatting to the first two people I saw. So now can I find it? Yes, here it is. Um, so I texted my niece and I walked into this place and in Carlton and here's what I texted. And I'll finish off with this thought. You know, I could keep talking along these lines till kingdom come, um, but I'll just finish off with this, you know, and leave this episode half thought out, you know, because it never gets finished, this sort of discussion. Um, I met a man from the West Indies, Marvin. And a man from Norway, Bjorn. And the three of us had a huge discussion about salmon breeding. You know, obviously I'm in a funny mood texting her, but that's what we did do, the three of us. We actually made a really good click and we just, it was a, you know, we were instant mates, the three of us. All worked out very nicely. You know, what I'm getting at there is um, she had stood me up, so I had to find something to do and I'm saying, I'm fine, I found something to do. I always do anyway. All right, back to my text. And I now know all about salmon, both wild and farmed. And my text continues. We actually made really good friends. Marvin has this place, and then I sent a picture of it. Um, it's a boutique sort of winery. All this. Anyway, and he sources everything from regional Vic, in particular from around where your mum and I grew up, Tuberac in particular. Uh, the owner of the venture also owns the Tuberac pub, which your mum and I like. So if you want a taste of Tuberac in Carlton, drop in on Marvin and tell him you're the niece of the bloke from near Tuberac who wanted to know all about salmon near the corner of Rathdown and Elgin. That's all I texted. Now, I happen to actually be texting my goddaughter about the same thing. And again, I may not find it. 
Um, but this is me, you know, sitting here. I've got some time to myself. I've got a whole hour and a half to myself right now. Really rare. The whole family's out. Um, Alex, uh, you're up with um, for uh, Veronica's birthday. Um, all fake names and uh, and Scarlett and Harley. Uh, you are around uh, watching the Crown with your mum and your grandmother. Oh, you guys just love the crown. I would like to be watching it, but I haven't had time. But apparently it's really well put together, the crown. And um, our fascination, you know, because we're royalists in our family. Look, I'm not anything in particular, but the rest of my family are royalists. Um, I, I shift around depending on my mood. Sometimes I chant Om Shiva too, just for the fun of it. You know, I've, I've, I've done a Ramadan. I've done all this sort of stuff. You know, I get involved in whatever I feel like. I shift around um, and sometimes I just like being a, a 1950s style Aussie you know that doesn't mean I drape myself in an Aussie flag and head down to Cronulla and try and bash Muslims you know, you know I, I've got Muslim friends and all that blah 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 you know okay now what are we talking about oh yes I talked to um, my goddaughter okay I should be I, I talked about um because we like to talk about cultural things, you know, because she's, um, she's deep in African culture. Um, so I always like talking about that sort of stuff and with her, you know, and I'm, I like African. Oh, well, she's not into African culture at all. She's into Ethiopian culture, a very specific um, place within the continent that happens to be Africa. Africa is not a country. Okay. Now, what did I text? And... Uh, uh, ba -da -ba -ba -ba. 